0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Hi, this is Sarah Riff, and welcome to Having It All in Other Lies, the podcast where I talk to people I admire about letting go of perfection, embracing the chaos, and redefining what success and happiness look like to them. Because ultimately, the only definition that matters is our own. Hi, everyone. Today's guest is one of those modern cases of our virtual existence, whereby you think you're friends with someone because you follow all of their stories, you feel invested in their life, and you know more about what's going on with them than some of your own friends, but you actually don't know them IRL. Sharing an intimate peek into her life on Instagram, Pia Baranchini got me hook, line, and sinker with her candor, her humor, Italian cooking, and copious amounts of pasta. I got to catch up with her right before she delivered her first baby and hear about what it's really like being pregnant during a pandemic, all while living in your childhood home with your mother and your adorable husband, not to mention catch up with her about what she's up to with her namesake fashion label LPA and her husband's new cashmere brand for which she is CMO and her soon to launch lifestyle endeavor, baron Import & Co. And all I know is whatever she's importing, I am buying. So sign me up. I hope you enjoy. Pia, yeah, this is so funny because <laughs> we don't know each other. I feel like I know you obviously from Instagram. We have a lot of friends in common, and then we've kind of become internet friends. And so it's so funny, like, seeing you in... I guess, the flesh. Am I right to assume you're pregnant? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In all the glory of your pregnant flesh. Yes. So how are you doing? How are you really doing, my friend?
0: I'm having a pretty tough time. Like, it's a weird thing, like, wanting to juggle doing everything. I think a whole pregnancy for me has been really, like, this lesson in losing control. Mm -hmm. which has been very challenging and you know like I also am like the breadwinner for my family so it's not like I can take maternity or like get massages every day or like revel in this like I'm like up and working all the time and then now I think I like that like now I'm nervous that like I'm that kind of person that needs to be busy all the time so it's a lot
1: (laughs) It's really funny because obviously I've been pregnant twice and the first time I really like sort of expected and I talk, I've i talked to other people about this too. It's like I think in my mind I thought or being pregnant rather was a time where like the world stopped for you yeah. somehow mm-hmm. and you got to indulge the fact that like you're growing a human and all these incredibly miraculous things are happening in your body and you're just like doing self care all the time, and that's just not my experience no. either time. <laughs> and I think that there are people who get to do that.
0: Are your kids normal? Are both your kids normal?
1: <laughs> that remains to be seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm old enough to like. You got a grasp of that yet, or
1: remains to be seen. You mean like, did did I get enough like prenatal massages to adversely affect them?
0: Yeah, I, like I'm like, is she going to be crazy because? I mean I feel pretty connected to her like I feel her vibe and I'm very like I love her of course but well, I but I'm not like sitting around like my darling's like you know my mom like wrote me letters and had like a journal and like
1: but already you seem more connected like for for instance I didn't know what I was having either time I would say pretty confidently I never connected with either of my babies when they were you in didn't my even stomach. do it
0: for the second Mm-mm. But that's so cool.
1: It's not cool. It's like you know what it was. It's not like someone because I'm I'm very not chill or kind of hippie-ish or go with. The yeah. Smile. So why
0: would you do that?
1: Because I think I was in such incredible denial about being uh, pregnant, and identifying the gender would have had to sort of like make it real, humanize, <laughs> and make the whole thing real. And so it was so much more amorphous, just having like my stomach get bigger.
0: That's so funny.
1: So a letter to my growing infant was not written.
0: (laughs) ever. My mom has all these like beautiful, like today I found out about you. Like, like when I read them and like we cry because it's so beautiful. And then last night I was like, shit, I haven't like written anything to the baby. Am I supposed to be like writing shit to the baby? Like, oh my God, there's no like journal of my like. These like moments, and I was like, she'll be fine.
1: Well, then that begs the question, are you normal, right? Because your mom, she had enough time to write letters. And here's what I Which is know. so wild,
0: because she had four stepkids.
1: Okay, that makes sense to me, because I was reading about you, like, obviously getting prepared for today, and it said you're the youngest of five. And I was like, what? Like, for some reason, I I thought you were an only child.
0: Well, because I'm 12. The youngest is 12 years older than me. And then the oldest is 20 years older than me. So these are like adults with adult children who...
1: And these are not your mother's biological
0: children. One of them is. They're my half siblings. Got it. We're very close. I spend a lot of time with like... I'm very close with my niece and nephews. I'm very close. Like we're a tight-knit family, but they are like...
1: But I was about to feel worse about myself when you were your mom's fifth and she was still writing letters to you in year in row then I was like oh my god I never even wrote one letter I gotta go I'm getting pregnant right now
0: it's very my mom though like everything is like handmade like she saved frame downstairs in a frame is the band that was on my wrist at the hospital the band that was on her wrist the onesie I came home in my dad's mask like she saved everything to the point where I'm like, she's a hoarder and it's become like a problem in our relationship. I mean, I'm very like, let's get this shit done. I'm like, I just need this shit organized. Like a lot needs to happen here. Like, let's go. Let's go. And my mom is very slow and want to think about it. Yeah, but it was a
1: very, very different time, right? Like she didn't even have any Instagrams to post.
0: She had no. <laughs>
1: she could just be writing letters all day.
0: She <gasps> <laughs> so had no Instagram post.
1: So tell me, what was the last lie you told?
0: Oh, I recently lied to someone about like plans. Like a friend of ours was like, well, I want to stop by and I was like, I'm not home. And I didn't feel bad about it because I was taking a nap, and I'm like, I'm fucking pregnant. All I do is work. It's Sunday. I wanna take a fucking nap. Okay.
1: So on what occasion do you think it's okay to lie?
0: I feel like this varies from person to person. I had an ex-boyfriend who thought that, like, a white lie was, like, the same thing as, like, a bad lie about, like, like he was, like, no lie is okay. But I grew up with a family that was, like, why lying is great. <laughs> right, grew Right. I think that there is information that a lot of the time people don't need to hear that is unnecessary, that protects someone's feelings. I find that to be very important. Like that is when I do think it's like a, a a pretty good idea to lie. And then like little white lies, not like me lying and saying that I'm busy when I'm taking a nap. is fine to protect yourself.
1: <laughs> the only reason that I bring it up is because I do think that one thing that's kind of coming out of this time is feeling less apologetic for just like setting clear boundaries. Just being like, that doesn't work for me, period, the end. You don't even have to say because I'm napping or I'm doing this or whatever. It just like doesn't work.
0: It's a lovely friend that has been like trying to stop by and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, th- like at this point, it's like, it's bad. Like he's going to think we don't like him. And I love him. <laughs> I was right. like, I'm napping.
1: <laughs> right, but there's just like no time for anything. No, there's not. There's no time.
0: He's one of those people that like always makes time. Mm-hmm. And so... Well,
1: good for him, but that's not good for you.
0: Uh, no. It wasn't until I lied. Okay, so
1: we all know everything that we have sacrificed and that we have lost over this last year. But what do you think you have gained?
0: I have gained, like, the the coolest perspective of, like, a bullshit radar. And, like, people in my life that I don't necessarily think benefit my life anymore. Like, it's so... Odd. It's been this reoccurring thing with so many people that I've had on, on, on the podcast recently that have said, you know, like consider how you feel when you leave spending time with someone like eating poorly is the same as spending time with people that don't like make you feel good about yourself. Like those are equal fit, you know, like, you know, doing something bad for your body. It's the same thing. Spending time with bad people or people that just don't serve you. So we really have like gotten it real tight around here and that's not to say that like I feel like when people say that it's like almost this I don't fuck with you like you're it's like no like some people just like grow apart like we work very hard for everything we have and I'm starting to realize that a lot of the people that I grew up with are extremely wealthy and have never really had to work and like don't have to work and I don't have anything to relate to them about like at all. And until and so I'm finding it really hard, where or, or like where things will happen, and I'm just like, I, it, it's just like little things that I'm really bothered by that maybe I'm really sensitive about. Where it's just like, okay, it took me like you know like this necklace I'm wearing, like it took me 35 years to like save up to afford the to... tennis
1: necklace, which is really <laughs> shining.
0: Yeah, thank you. And it took me 35 years to like afford. Mm -hmm. To buy something like this for myself, Mm -hmm. like combined with my husband, who like grew up getting like one pair of shoes a year.
1: I think it's going to be really interesting for you. And this leads me to my question about what you think of the idea of having it all. But I don't know what your relationship with your mom was before this, but your transition into motherhood and your kind of inner narrative or ideal of what that's going to look like Mm-hmm. Seems like it's probably going to be different than your mom's experience, right? Because you are mm-hmm. sort of a little bit more professionally involved than maybe your mom was at that time. Mm-hmm. And you have all these other pursuits. And it's going to be kind of interesting for you to grow into this with your mother alongside you like in the most beautiful way. And then also probably like in a very cathartic way, as you guys both work through all the emotions that come along with that. Well,
0: what's odd about her, like, she didn't have a career, but she managed my dad's business, had the four, four teenagers here. When I, so like her same, like you just fucking figure it out. And like, We're the same in that way, even Mm -hmm. though it's like mine comes from being a professional and her came from just like managing a household and lots of kids. Like she was at my brother's football game in jeans three days after I was born. She didn't have like the same way that I am going to have to suck it up a little bit and get my shit done. She had to do that, too, for the greater good of the family. Mm-hmm. And so I do find those parallels, like, very interesting because they come from completely different perspective, but they're, like, very similar. So my mom's like, you don't need a fucking night nurse. Like you just, She's like, you just fucking figure it out. Like, I'm here. And, like, I don't remember because I'm like, baby's got to get on a sleep schedule. And she's like, the kid will just fucking figure it out. Like, they want a schedule. You just put it on a schedule. Like, she's like, you're overthinking it. Just, like, get it done. Like, And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's why I've been like looking at my husband, like actually like we're very much like on the same page. Like even with parenting, like she's very like a no bullshit. Like, you know, when my friend's kids come over here and they're like, or even my nieces and nephews and they like aren't polite or rude. Like my mom is like, see ya. Like, I don't, we don't have that here, you know? And that's how Davide and I are and that's how we want to be with the baby. And so why this will work is because what I'm assuming from just knowing her and what I've seen so far and her opinions, like we're very aligned. It will be very interesting to see where I'm like, but you know, are super willing to learn. Like my mom, my midwife has this girl who can like come over and do like a consult after the babysitter, so like, meet the baby and like help with scheduling and like see what the baby's personality is. And like, what, you know, like this type of burping, you know, just like give us a little guide so we can fucking thrive. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, that's so cool. Like I'm sure things are so much different than when, She's like, it's been so many years. Like, I can't, w-. like, she's like all about like learning new stuff. And I, I feel like we're, we're in a good, we're in a good starting point.
1: Right. It seems like just from obviously what you show, it's like you guys can also communicate clearly. And so therefore you're going to avoid a lot of problems.
0: I'm snappy and that's hard on her.
1: <laughs> well, at least you know. Okay. So what do you think sad. about the idea that society sells to a lot of us, but mostly women of the notion of having it all. Is that something you buy into? And if so, what does it look like to you?
0: My husband and I haven't decided. We talk about it pretty often. Like what that means. Like I would say right now we have it all. Mm-hmm. We have health insurance. We have a job. We have a beautiful home that's really meaningful to us. We have like animals that we love. Like we're so blessed. Mm-hmm. Like I do, you know, so I think I think a lot of it is like a mental place of of like gratitude and I think LA is an extremely hard place to be because it never seems like anything is enough and like you only have it all when you have like a plane right (laughs) and that's like very real like growing up here is is hard because you like are constantly comparing yourself and I think like really having it all for us I think we're like on the way there both of us are able to do what we love to do for work And hopefully we'll have like a healthy child and like hopefully can buy this house. And I don't really know like what could be better than those three things. And we love our family.
1: What about the idea of designing a life? Did you have a model growing up of what you thought you wanted your life to look like?
0: So I didn't think so, but my husband says yes. And that that, I will stop at nothing for it.
1: Wait, what what does he think that was your your like mindset?
0: Well, when we met, he was living in New York working for Brunello Cuccinelli and was only temporarily supposed to be in New York, was working his ass off there to get the job back in Italy working for Brunello Mm -hmm. and got the job as we were getting engaged, which was an offer to move to Umbria and live there where Brunello, like Brunello Cuccinelli basically like owns a town and it's doesn't look real. It's a medieval town in Umbria. Like it's it's the most, I've been, it's the most beautiful thing ever.
1: Wait, so what was he doing for Brunello?
0: Like wholesale and merchandising and then he would go to the, off. he was part of the style office once a year and he would go and help like put together the collection and then bring it to Pitti and like help style it out. So he was supposed to move there to work in the style office like designing the collection and it's like the best job in men's fashion. And, you know, like, obviously, they, you move there and you move into, like, a beautiful house and there's, like, little vineyards in the backyard. And-
1: Wait, am I to believe that he, that he chose to be engaged to you rather than do this?
0: Yeah, I said no. What?
1: <laughs> you literally just described my fantasy and then you're like, but I said no.
0: Yeah, because moving to a town of 300 people at 30... And living there the rest of your life like that, when I knew that we were both very entrepreneurial, was going to be, like, very hard on our relationship. But I was going to have to, like, have children by myself and...
1: Eat pasta all day.
0: And eat pasta all day. Which, by the way, like...
1: Doesn't sound bad.
0: <laughs> pasta's great, but, like, it gets old. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it does. Mm-hmm. If you eat it every day, it's like... I mean, everything does. So, I thought, like, we can always do that. Like, we can mm-hmm. always move back to Italy... It sucked for him because he had to completely start from zero, and couldn't work for a year and a half while he was waiting for his green card. And started to come like I mean, it has been a disaster of of two years for him when he first got here. It is horrible, like just a nightmare. And so there are times where he's like, "You wanted to save this house, and like you wanted." like a beautiful father of the bride wedding and like you want like and I was like I did he was like uh yeah and you made it fucking happen like (laughs) so so like when we have our meetings with our midwife and she'll look at him and be like what are your fears about about Pia's birth and he's like she wants to be a champion. She wants to push on this baby out with more medicines, like a god. And he's like, what if something happens and she can't do it? Like, that's his fear. And I was like, am I that driven? And he was like, yes.
1: Right, but has there been any time that you, obviously the last two years, like you said, because that's really hard to get engaged and also for especially for a man, like his whole source of identity in a lot of ways has gone out the window, right? Absolutely. Then he's here, can't work, has to wait for all those things. Missed his
0: mother's funeral because he couldn't, the government wouldn't let him go back. Yeah, that's a
1: lot of stress and I think that that's such a testament though, that like early days for your relationship to have to go through all those hurdles just has probably strengthened your guy's bond even more and that if you can get through all those things up front you're good
0: yeah we say that all the time we're like
1: yeah like come at me boo like what else do you got (laughs) like we're fine what about like is there any time where you feel like you have been super headstrong about something looking a certain way or going in a certain direction and it didn't
0: I mean yeah most of my adolescence I never, like, my grades weren't that good. I never knew what I wanted to do for work. Like, everyone else around me that I grew up with was, like, very driven and had, you know, how kids are now where they get straight A's and want to go to this school and, like, want Mm -hmm. this career or whatever. And I never had, I was like, I don't have, like, a thing. And so I was really good about kind of, like, riding the wave and, like, trusting that I would end up where I was supposed to be and that all the jobs that I was doing were, like, adding to this portfolio that would lead me into the, and it did. I've been very aware since a young age that I just had to be confident and trust and I would end up where I was supposed to be. I didn't really, I wasn't like, I have to do this job and like, I have to do this and I wanna be, I don't know, I just kind of like went with it.
1: Obviously right now you are pregnant in your childhood home having married an Italian man you work in fashion you live with your mom (laughs) when you think about having your own line or your own business did you imagine I I know he said the father of the bride wedding but did you imagine living back in Pasadena like
0: in No, no
1: were you like I'm in New York what I'm in Europe
0: I moved back here From New York because I had, I was about to hit the 10 year mark Uh and I thought to myself, like, I'm going to stay here and like keep drinking and like casually sleeping with people because this is fucking Disneyland, you know, love living here. But like, I need at some point I need to like grow up. And then my dad's health was declining and I was like, I think it's time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I moved back because I wanted to be closer to my family and I wanted to start a, to like begin the process of finding someone that I would settle down with and, and start a life with. I knew that for the first 10 years of whatever, whenever that would start, that I wanted it to be in LA because I wanted to be close to my family for sure. I didn't know that my dad was going to pass away and that we would have all, and it would look like this yeah. at all. But I knew I wanted to be here. And, and then when he died, I had no, like, I was like, I have no regrets because I was here every Sunday for dinner and I spent, you know, so much time at home and I, every night when he was in the hospital, I would visit him every day and sleep here.
1: What about as far as losing your dad, what did that kind of crystallize for you or what did that put into perspective for you in a way that maybe was surprising to you?
0: I was actually like very proud of myself for stepping up to the plate and for losing a parent is such a weird thing because my brain always goes back and forth between like really like you had to die like before my wedding when like it was all we had talked about and like it's really hard on my husband they were really close and so like he'll like he's about to open his store and like he'll call me crying and he'd be like your dad it makes me he's like your dad would be here Like, he would be so proud. He would be sitting here with me right now. Like, I needed him. Like, I needed that man. It comes down to just, like, a lot of, like, faith and grace because, you know, there are often times where you want to be like, why did you have to die right now? And, like, why aren't you here? And when you bring up to someone that your parent has passed away, oftentimes somebody is like, oh, yeah, my dad died when I was five. Mm -hmm. Or, like, my, you know, and then you're like, I was very lucky. He met my husband. I knew him until I was in my 30s. We had a great relationship. I spent so much time with him. I really have nothing to complain about. You just have to be extremely grateful for like what you did have.
1: Yeah. So what was the time frame like as far as work goes? You were going to move to Spain, right? And work for Zara. And instead, this is the time where Revolve came to you and said, why don't you stay and do a line with us, mm-hmm. right? Were you already living here at the time?
0: Yeah. I was living here. I had been back here for about a year and a half mm-hmm. from New York, and was like, it was so, that was also such a weird thing because my mom was like, "We just got you back, like, right?" are going to move to Spain. Like, she was like, "And then you're gonna find someone in Spain, and you're gonna have to pick like Spain or or." And I was like, "God, but I had to end up making that same decision anyway with the Italian, which I thought was like so funny anyway that that same predicament happened, but that was." Five years ago, because I met Javi Day not long after, like I met him before LPA had launched. I was working on the brand.
1: And the whole concept was that basically Revolve is like, we're going to do the heavy lifting of all the kind of like behind the scenes stuff that goes into a brand, right? So all you have to focus on is designing, marketing it, kind of like living and breathing who this person is. Prior to that, had you thought about ever launching your own brand or you were going to work for Zara and you were kind of content with doing that?
0: So to me, all the girls that I knew that were launching brands had come from wealthy families Mm -hmm. were running in extremely well-connected crews and you could start a brand because you didn't need to like pay your bills. And then you knew someone who was an investor and it was like, oh my God, no problem. So It never occurred to me that it would be something that I could do on my own because I was like, financially, how am I even going to approach that? Mm -hmm. Like, at all. Like, instead of going straight to, like, I want to be famous on Instagram, I really wanted a bunch of tools in my toolbox and a lot of experience that, like, legitimized who I was and gave me credibility. So, you know, what I did at Reformation, I'm extremely proud of. I spent many years there, and that was why I was able to get a really great job like working at Zara. And I had a friend who had worked at Zara and was like, it's fucking incredible. Like, you're in the most beautiful town. Like, the euro goes so far. You're like traveling nonstop to get inspo. You're rich.
1: It sounds pretty like dreamy,
0: but so does the other situation. Totally. It was so hard to decide. And so, the, the deal with Revolve was so smart for both of us because they have the infrastructure. Their private label brands are doing so well. Mm-hmm. They were like, just come on and do this with us. And it made total sense and it still does. And now it's great because now I know, you know, I had another... X amount of years, I had five years to really like learn all sides of the business. And now, you know, we're doing like our home brand, like David and I are doing ceramics and olive oil, and he has his menswear brand. And there's so much that I know now. Mm -hmm. And I really think that it's, it's incredibly important to make sure you really know what the fuck you're doing. (laughs) Because there are so many little things that people don't think about when you're launching a, a company that can really make or break you pretty quickly.
1: Do you think that you've been able to learn a lot of those things? I don't want to say on someone else's dime, but like without having to hear yes. about like, as far as all your stuff with Davide now, like especially with the cashmere brand, that's something that he's going into without a revolve behind him.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing too, because now I know like I'll look at certain brands that like look so amazing. And I'm like, Oh, like, I was like, they're not making any money. Like, I'll talk to, so like, you know, my friends will be like, oh, but look at that. I'm like, that brand's not making any money.
1: Yeah. Most brands are not making any
0: money. Not making any money. And so, you know, it's like, obviously I had this great deal with Revolve. It's amazing. But like, if my shit doesn't fucking sell, I don't have a job. Yeah. And I'm dealing with every day with buyers, with analysts. I run the social, I'm doing the editorial. It's, it's a lot of pressure. It is really nice to lean on them and be like, "Yo, I'm on my bandwidth. Like, what can we do?" You know. Then you also want to make sure that the brand is like different than their than their brands. Otherwise, it just all is the same thing. But like, yeah, the pressure for me, like, I there's a lot of pressure, especially at the beginning. Like, I was sick when we launched. I was like going to throw up because I was like, if this shit doesn't fucking sell. I just was a wreck.
1: Because you felt so much pressure also probably from that investment. And then what about the New York Times piece? Is this like around that time right before launch?
0: The New York Times piece came out exactly on like the LP's like one year anniversary.
1: But what was that like? Was it sort of, did you feel more pressure from that or did it feel like a sense of I've done
0: it? No, it was like the best day of my life. Right. But what it brought on was a lot of like internet trolls and hate, which was pretty crazy. People don't like when you're successful. That was like really wild because it was such And you know, I was really proud of of that article because how the writer had found me was through women who were wearing the clothes who were all extremely diverse and that were all it was all organic. Like, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure that everyone who was wearing LPA, like, yes, you know, obviously LPA is like in the revolve influencer trips, of course. And thank God for that, that all those girls that I love and are a part of that matrix are wearing the clothes. But I also really wanted to make sure that nobody was ever paid to wear them. Like Mm -hmm. that was my rule. And so, you know, the women who she had seen wearing the clothes were all women that I had known, like, way before they had gotten famous that were, like, really beautiful, organic relationships that were people who, like, would message me and be like, I'm wearing this dress and I'm wearing it on the cover of The Hollywood Reporter and I've never felt so beautiful. Like, thank you so much. So I was so, like, internally proud of myself and that the writer came to me totally organically.
1: Did you know it was going to be the cover like
0: that? She said there's a possibility this could be the cover. Mm -hmm. And then when the photographer came... He said, We gotta make this really good because this, because like, I'm Mm not like, I really want this to be the cover. You know, she wanted it to be the cover for her portfolio. Totally. I wanted it.
1: A a rising Um, tide lifts all ships.
0: Totally. So, and it was crazy because I was like, dude, we gotta do something so cool for the one year. We threw this crazy house party till like five in the morning for the birthday for the one year anniversary. And the newspaper came out that night. It was a Saturday on that Sunday, and I'm a a Sunday Times freak. I never miss reading the New York Sunday Times, so to go to the newsstand, like I woke up super (gasps) hungry and like just went over to the newsstand. It was just like
1: seeing it. did Did you just die?
0: Yeah, I just died. I mean, I died. It was unbelievable. But it brought on a massive amount of of negativity on the internet that was really gnarly.
1: Okay, so that's what's so interesting, right? Like the whole kind of having it all notion. It's like you get to a place that you really feel genuinely you worked very hard to get to. Mm -hmm. And I like to talk to people about being able to take victories and like how much they put their like concept of success and happiness around the next corner or how much they're able to kind of sit with their accomplishments But in doing so, and look, look, obviously it says a lot more about everyone else than it does about you. But do you think that that was sort of like the beginning of what you would describe as conflicted sense or a conflicted relationship with having a more public persona on online?
0: Yeah, it opened up. It was within two weeks. It was like a flurry of fuck this girl.
1: Is it because because the way that they said no sewing required or what do you like what do you think about yeah, which is
0: like which which I think is fucking brilliant because mm-hmm. it's like the thing that like bothers me is like when you think about anyone who's like a a creative director or like running large businesses like we have transitioned f- into everything being a fucking marketing strategy right so To tell me, like, that I don't know what I'm doing because I'm not, like, sitting in a sewing machine making patterns when I've spent, you know, at that point, 10 years in the industry creating clothes that were, like, some of the most fucking photographed clothes worn on some of the most influential girls of the last 10 years. And, like, I knew what they wanted to wear. I knew how to take a photo of it. I knew how to put it on Instagram. I knew how to have an event for it. And it proved to be wildly fucking successful. And then that's not enough. It's just crazy to me. Like, there's room for everything. So the initial girl who would post the article and said, this kills me. Because I spend all day long
1: making patterns. Working,
0: working in my atelier. Like, not friends with, with people who are popular on the internet. Like, why does this white girl get to just pop in here and have a brand like that because of who she's connected to. That is totally fair. But also, then I was like, how do you get to live in a nice apartment and have your own atelier where you're like sewing all day long? She had so many valid points. And I was like, I woke up to this like flurry of this like conversation around this on her Instagram. And there was someone on there who was like really adamant about just taking me down. And what I, I made the mistake of like writing back to them and being like, wait a second, like, wait, what's happening here? Like, I deserve this. Like, and, it, and that was like, wait,
1: this is on your this page? This was on
0: some girl, this, this other girl's page. And then I wrote to her and I was like, wait, you're literally like shitting on my doorstep and lighting it on fire then everyone was out in Diet Prada and then it was like anything that could have ever been. And, and they have a personal vendetta against me from, a, I'm just going to end that here. And so then it was just years of torture after that. <laughs> just like years of just internet torture.
1: Does it feel worth it? Like if you weigh things out, does it feel worth it?
0: I mean, it made me extremely suicidal for about a year. Really? Yeah. I was like, this is not worth it. And if I had not met my husband, like, I was just like, I just want to die. And it's so hard because it sounds so stupid. But when you, when for years, every time you open your phone, mm-hmm. there's multiple people telling you that you're like the worst person on the planet and that you're like pathetic and lame and should die in a train wreck and all this, you know, it's, you start to just believe it. It was like really, 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 really hard. I'm like, I just want to make clothes and make people feel good. Cause like I had a weight problem growing up, <laughs> like, You know what I mean? So
1: Right. How do you separate it too? Because it becomes all of a sudden, like, I'm sure there was stuff that was about the actual product, but it sounds like a lot more pointed at you personally.
0: Yeah. And so I couldn't, it made me very sad for humanity. That was the hardest part. And seeing how excited everyone is to just gather and attack. Like, I I've never, there's so many comments that I still see in my head every day. Every day I see them from people who've never met me.
1: And all the while, so you're feeling totally devastated, depressed. But as far as your kind of, like, public persona is what you're putting out, are keep you? Keep
0: it moving. Keep it moving.
1: You're keeping it, so you're kind of, like, faking it till you make it. Just, like, keep it going. Like, not acknowledge.
0: No. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't.
1: And so that's again, it's like that's the whole another lies. It's like so everyone just sees you kind of maintaining this persona that
0: well, because also you have to, right? Like I can't, I can't. It's not like I can get quit my job and like sit at home and cry all day. Like, yeah, you know that's also something that like you just literally cannot do anyway for your mental health. So it's not like I could get off the internet and then you know then I have like paid instagram shit that i would have to post oh my god because like i have to pay bills and like take care of like you know again like i'm financially responsible for my husband and my mother so it's not like i could just be like oh i'm out of here this is how you know everyone would be like you need time off the internet and i'm like i literally like the car payments and the mortgage is coming
1: how do you how do you reconcile that when it's like that is how you make your living right so it's like you just have to like get on do your business and get out right
0: yeah, it's that's really hard. You know, I had a friend the other day who was like, you'll never get off the internet. And I was like, I can't wait to get off the internet. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, I, can't, I mean, I love the internet. And I feel so connected to I think it's such a beautiful, positive place, like, for sure. But I, I, I can't wait to be able to to reel it back and like, take some days off and like pop in and see what's been going on. And like, have other people run all the, so, I mean, I run like four Instagram accounts.
1: Right. So right now it's like, because you have to, you're maintaining not only your business, but your personal brand business as well. Right. So yeah, I saw something you said, I think, did you make an allusion to never putting your daughter on Instagram?
0: Yeah, not her face.
1: Okay. And tell me why.
0: It was one of Davide's things that we had talked about when we, so when we met, he was very private. Mm-hmm. He was very famous in Italy a long time. He might. What? Davide was on <laughs> Davide, Davide was on a reality show in Milan. Okay. Called Big Brother. Okay. Like like
1: Big Brother, Big Brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Grande Fratello is what it's called in Italy. It sounds
1: so much cooler as Grande
0: Fratello. So I know. And he was very young. He uh, almost made it to the end. hmm and when he got out of the show, he was extremely famous. Like, all over Tabloids. Like, his brother was being photographed, like, on the cover of Tabloids being like, I'm Davide's brother. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> so he got very private and got really, like, I need to work and, like, prove myself. So, I don't know. I mean, hopefully... We can stick to it. I mean, I see a lot of accounts where you just post their little outfits and like little things that they do and keep their face out of it. And I think that that's fine. It makes me feel good thinking that she's going to be free of Internet stuff, especially since it's been such a positive and negative place for me.
1: Yeah. Do you have less negativity when you focus more on personal stuff?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So talk about as far as your pregnancy, it was not easy to get pregnant. For you, correct?
0: No, it took us a long time.
1: And you had help from a fertility doctor. Do you feel like through that you were able to kind of like create a little bit more community versus sort of like the, I guess, showing you just thriving in some way makes you a lot less likable,
0: right? Than- I had a blog in 2006 called Fighting the War Against Blowing It, mm-hmm. where I would write really honest articles about what it was like to live in New York and the whole concept was like every day you walk outside in New York and it's so hard not to blow it like because there's so many distractions so many like fun bad things to do all the time yeah so I would write about my breakups and I would write about drinking too much and I would write about this person who I thought was my friend being mean to me and I and I developed like such a nice community that way and then yeah like my god like I look back at like well, I was like, God, I would get like glam to go to parties. <laughs> I mean, so many people did, you know? Like, yeah, I was like traveling and throwing LPA parties in Paris and doing all this cool shit. And like, you know, ultimately, I think people love to see that stuff because they want to escape. Everybody wants to escape. But I, so there's always been like a level of reality to to what I posted on Instagram. And then I think, yeah, being like really emotional about having it be challenging, getting pregnant. I think is something that it's most relatable. women, and most women are going, I mean, it's so sad how many women are, are going good and don't know where to look. And so I just thought, okay, I just want to be able to provide as much information as I can through this little journey. And, and then it was really nice when I got pregnant, it was like so many strangers were like, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were like like invested in the story. <laughs> yeah,
0: You put
1: something up, I think it was yesterday, really like highlighting all the different countries and their maternity leave policies, right? Um, identifying the U.S. as really, I think, the only country that will offer zero days of maternity leave. Yeah, and we have
0: to take disability.
1: So, you know, it's even different, obviously, when it's your own business. So you talked about this, and you were pretty forthright about being really nervous about what that looks like. Do you, when are you do? like a month?
0: I think we got like five to seven weeks. I have a weird feeling she's going to come early. But then I'm also like that never happens with your first child. Like they're always late. So we'll see. She's due June 1st. So LPA, obviously, I share like production and I share like a fabric girl. Mm -hmm. But there's obviously like one full-time LPA person that I do all the designs with. It's like my right hand. We do Mm -hmm. all the designs. We do all the tech packs. We're like every day, all day. Should we do this? This button can't come in. Okay, cool. We'll do that. You know, and he quit.
1: No, right now while you're pregnant.
0: He quit last week. No.
1: No. (laughs) Wait, is this someone that's worked for you for a long time? For four years. Oh my God. (laughs) By the way, this happened to me too. And I do think sometimes in a weird way, listen, you're like up against it, but at least you haven't had the baby yet. It's like almost worse if it's like right after.
0: Yeah. And he, I don't even think he wants to do fashion anymore. Like, and and he's been over it for a minute. Like we work really hard and we do a lot and it's monthly and it's exhausting. And as soon as you are kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if this is for me anymore. You're pummeled. Like you are pummeled and you know, I could see it in his eyes. Like I was just like, dude, like just stick it out a little bit longer because like, I want you to leave here to do something awesome, like, you know, at least you're getting money. Like, yeah, yeah, Just like, I like I was like, I don't even need you to, you know what I mean? I was like, as a friend, like, I was like, dude, he's getting more and more miserable. And then I like called HR and I was like, dude, we I was like, I can see it in his eyes that he's like losing steam fast and like we gotta come up. And they were like, no, let's have a talk with him. And then he was just like, Yeah, I'm over it. And I was like, Cause it's making him feel bad about himself. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I can't keep up and it's making me feel, and I don't want him to feel bad about himself. So ultimately like he's my friend. Like I'm happy for him because he's been working for me for so long. It is his time. Like he needs to excel. He's also an incredible artist. He should be doing that. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm driving today. <laughs> I'm giving birth.
1: You're like, couldn't I, wait. Could not wait. Plus I'm sure this is not something that happened overnight. Right. Like it was like a slow, steady, like I'm going down.
0: And so I think, and this happened right before our wedding too, where everything just turned to like chaos Mm -hmm. and then it became fine. And so I'm like, this is just the moment of chaos before we hit our stride again. We're just being challenged. And then, and then I was like, honestly, maybe we're going to find this like dream person who is revitalized by this job and makes everything easier than it even was before you know
1: possible that is so possible have you (laughs) you found that dream person
0: there are two candidates Mm -hmm. that i die for Mm -hmm. that i'm meeting this week okay but it will be tough because my guy's last day is friday and i will be left with no one for about a week (laughs) or two
1: you're working from the delivery Yeah. Do you plan to take any sort of maternity leave?
0: I don't even know how that would work. Right. Like, what am I going to, like, not go to an LPA fitting or, like, not be in a design meeting? Well, but you um... are
1: doing all of that virtually, right? Or they could come to you. Yeah, so
0: it's fine. No, I just do it virtually anyway. So I'm, like, if I'm sitting here in bed with a baby for, and, you know, days are blending into nights because essentially what am I doing? I'm feeding every two or three hours. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm awake Mm -hmm. and the baby is sleeping. Mm -hmm. I can be on my fucking computer. Right. Like, it's fine. Right. Like, it's not like I'm going to be just like, oh, i just get birth, So if everyone would just, like, rub my feet and, like, feed me, you know, like, it'll be fine. Like, yeah. And I'll be burned out. And then I'll look at, and, and my mom is like, dude, just pump and, like, let me have a feeding one night. Like, I'll take a 4 a.m. feeding. My husband is like, uh, like, he's not a husband who's like, oh, you're doing that? That's cool. Like, my husband is very much like, oh, wait. So I, like, explained to him. So he's like, what happens? Do you feed the baby and then what? And I was like, well, then, you know, it's another probably 20 minutes of burping and changing. He's like, so I'll do that part. And mm-hmm. you go right back to sleep. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, he's like, you're not, like, alone in this. So and yeah. if for some reason she's colicky or, you know, whatever, then we will seek help. But to me, I was like, let's just meet her and see what it's like. She could be chill. She could be crazy. Who knows?
1: You're like, if for whatever reason, she's like not on board with the LPA schedule, then you know, <laughs> I'll throw her back in and we'll start over. You know, like, obviously the thing is, it's like, this seems a little bit like having an idea of what something's going to look like. Take it day by day. You'll like, take it as it comes. You'll pivot. You'll adjust. You'll make it work.
0: I think, and you know what's so funny? I always had this, like, fear of my dad dying because mm-hmm. he was sick for so long. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's going to happen when my dad died? How am I going to live? How am I going li- to Like, the idea of everything is worse than the actuality of it because human beings are fucking resilient. Yeah. So, like, if I need help, I'm never scared to ask for it. Let's just see what's up. But, like, no, unfortunately like I am not comfortable especially with a new employee like not sitting in on a 30 minute fitting and being like you know we want to make sure that sleeves look this way or like this is how we finish something or like I always make sure that fabric isn't too thin especially if it's going to be on a dress that's like tight over a butt so you don't see cellulite like no problem you know and then there's like it's totally gonna be fine
1: you got this you got this today knowing what you know and living your father the bride dream, what would <laughs> your having it all look like to you today?
0: I mean, like I don't know how, like, my specific dreams right now, to have it all, have a healthy baby, have my husband's brand get an investor, big time, because he deserves it, and have us get Barangini Import & Co. off the ground. And... Make enough money in to buy this house for my mom and build her a guest house. That's like the only things that I care about right now.
1: Yeah, I see that for you. Like, like you, you got that.
0: And I like have half the down payment, and I just need the other half. And I, and I'm like, okay, I can do it.
1: You gotta crowdsource some of those Big Brother fans. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> for literally, I think he's like not using it to his advantage.
0: He's so embarrassed by the whole thing.
1: I think we got to go back and like honestly you get a little bit from a lot of those people and you're done <laughs> smooth sailing. Pia, I'm so glad that you made the time today and I'm glad I caught you before the baby came and it's so you. fun to talk to you. For anyone who doesn't follow you where can they find you?
0: Pia Barancini on Instagram and then LPA, which is just LPA on Instagram. Mm-hmm. My husband's brand, which we do together, is Giaia Cashmere, which is G-H-I-A-I-A Cashmere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have Barentini Import & Co. What is Barentini Import & Co.? It's olive oil from Sicily, which mm. is launching in June. And I have a pasta I have plates. I have what? beautiful dining sets coming that are like splatters and stuff with lemon. Like the ones that you've
1: been using? Those kind of splattery ones. Oh, I'm very into
0: that. We have ones with faces. We have like whole sets with lemons on them. We have candle holders. I mean the whole all any Sicilian ceramic you want. Okay. I'm
1: there.
0: That's that is very my vibe. Okay, well I will
1: catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Having It All and Other Lies is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow me on Instagram at Sarah riff and the show at Having It All podcast. See you next week.